Hey everyone, this is the Trip Wire podcast, part of Triple Play Fantasy. I'm your host, Zach at FF Chalupa Batman. Half the crew is gone tonight, but we are joined by Steve at FF by Committee, and we have a special guest tonight, our man Eric Romoff at Fantasy Nav. How's it going today, Eric? It's going well. Excited to be here. Thanks for making a little space for me. Absolutely. So before we get to Eric, uh, just some housekeeping notes. We are a week away from the season. I know it's really like two weeks, but for our show, we're going to be coming to you next week with the week one waiver wires, which I know sounds weird because you're like, you don't have waiver wires yet, but you can still pick up players before your season starts. So we're counting it as week one waiver wires. So make sure you guys are following us, subscribing to the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel, like this video, download all that fun stuff. Or if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're following along. We have a lot of content coming out this season and the basketball season is right around the corner as well. We've already started putting out content for that. This is Triple Play Fantasy. We don't just talk football. So with that, we brought Eric on for a very specific reason, and I'm going to let Eric talk about it. So first, though, Eric is uh, a content creator for Dr. Roto and going for two. And then he is the co-founder of a very special tournament. And that's why you're here, Eric. So go ahead and tell us about why you're here. Yeah. Um, so I, like you said, I'm the, I'm the co-founder of Pros with Joes. We are a charity fantasy football league. Um, it's not really a short version of this story, but I'll try to be concise. Um, we're in our third year. Zach and Steve were both kind enough to jump in for uh, for the mix this year and are supporting fantastic charities, each of them. Uh, we've got 56 teams that are playing this year uh, with pros from around the industry, really just about every platform, website, uh, live stream radio station you can think of. Um, what's a little bit different about our construct is that uh, as opposed to pitting uh, everyday players against these industry experts, like in a lot of charity leagues or uh, listener leagues or things like that, we're, uh, we're bringing people together. Every one of our 56 teams is a pair of co-managers, a fantasy pro and a Joe, an everyday player that donated to that pro's charity for a chance to win their way into the league. So 112 in total here in year three. Uh, we're still raising money through the end of the day on the first. Um, and it's it's been a lot of fun over these three years. That's awesome. And so, uh, as Eric said, we each are representing a charity. So, Steve, do you want to talk about your charity real quick and how people can donate? Yeah. Um, so I chose the Trevor Project. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, this is not a surprise. But if you don't and you're, you know, interested at all, I am uh, a gay man in this fantasy football world. And as a young kid, as a young man, being in the closet really can have serious, serious, serious mental health issue like effects and cause so many long lasting problems for so many people i am very fortunate to have a family that has supported me since i've come out it hasn't been that long um and i wish i had done it sooner but you know what places like the trevor project putting it out there putting you know kindness and resources into the world where so 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 many especially in today's like political climate and stuff are being villainized or ostracized um having a place that will stand up and advocate is so important. You can go onto my Twitter account um, at FF by committee. 
I have it everywhere. I share that link all the time to come donate. Uh, One dollar matters. Even a dollar matters. Everything we raise matters. I matched the first hundred we raised myself. I believe in this cause. I am very, very, very thankful that places like the Trevor Project exist. That's awesome, Steve. And thank you for sharing. And uh, it's a wonderful charity. As for myself, as as Eric mentioned, I'm also in this pros with Joe's uh, tournament, which I love the concept because normally you hear pros versus Joe's. So I love this this co-manager style where it. it brings everyone together and who who can beat a charity. So uh, for me, I'm representing the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS. Uh, so my dad uh, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is, I believe is the same cancer that James Conner had. Um, that was back in 2010. Um, so it was a while ago. Um, fortunately, he had a great prognosis and he beat it. And then while he was in remission uh, for a couple of years, it actually came back and he had it a second time. Um, and then again, fortunately, he had some great doctors uh, where we were and he was able to beat it again. And now it's been long enough that he is officially cured, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't affect so many other people. And LLS is just a great um, organization that just raises a lot of money uh, for cancer research. And so much of it goes to cancer research as opposed to being used for so many other things. So um, that's why I am very proud to support LLS and support my father. So as Steve mentioned, every dollar counts. The great thing that Eric has set up here is that if you donate a dollar to any charity um, that you can, and we'll have everything tagged in the show notes of all the links for everyone, including Steve and myself, but $1 gets you an entry. So it doesn't matter how much money uh, Steve and I raise. If you put in a dollar to one of us, you have a chance to win. Um, Now, the more you donate, the better your chance is to win, obviously, but just $1 uh, gives you a chance. So uh, we're really excited to do this. The season starts soon. And there's also a plenty of other prizes that will be coming out during the season as well uh, for this great charity league. So thank you, Eric, for coming on and, and sharing that. And while you're here, we're hoping you get to talk some uh, fancy football with us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the thing that I would, I would want to underscore underscore that both of you mentioned um, in our third year, we've probably worked with 120 or so different organizations over the years and the one thing that every single one of them has in common is they do a mind-boggling job of stretching a dollar. Like you put a dollar into these people's hands and it, they can make it go so, so far, right? So, um, you know, by by all means, if you are so inclined, if you are able to uh, get over to the website, it's proswithjoes.com. You can get registered. That'll take you to our donor page and literally whatever you can spare. Give a little, give a lot. It it makes it makes a huge impact. You'll you'll probably feel pretty good about yourself. Um, in the event that you you can't support financially, you can certainly be uh, giving of your time and giving of your platform. Right, look into these causes and find a way to um, you know potentially work with them to raise awareness. Even you know hitting a retweet on some of the posts that myself or Zach or Steve has sent out. All of those build a a groundswell of awareness that ultimately help these organizations be more effective. Absolutely. I just want to throw out that um, some of us are even offering more prizes than just playing with us. Like if we hit our thousand dollar goal, which is the goal of every charity on there. If my, if the Trevor project hits a thousand, I'm giving away a Jersey. You give a dollar, you're entered to give away a Jersey of your choosing any player in the NFL. You got a shot. So we hit one K and a Jersey's going somewhere. So 
it's uh you're well on your way too yeah it seems to be going all right so (laughs) oh so then my giveaway not as exciting uh but we don't have to do a thousand dollars for it uh so whoever ends up being my co-manager uh with me if they would like to come on the show and guess for uh for one of the weeks as we do our way for our show you're happy to join us um if you don't want to do that totally okay too uh, but we would love to have you on the show if you are interested in in coming on. All right. So with that, we're here to talk waiver wire tips and strategies because we are really close to the season and we all play in a bunch of leagues. I know plenty of people that love to use the waiver wire, maybe too much. And then I know some people that will never touch it. Uh, that's probably a mistake. So we wanted to get cover everybody and just kind of give some tips, some tricks, some strategies of how to best use the waiver wire to help you win that championship. Cause at the end of the day, we're all just trying to win a championship. Um, that's the whole point of uh, us making these moves is to go get the glory. So the, really I would say there's three different types of waiver wire um, systems in your league. So I just wanted to kind of explain all of them for us. So we have reverse standings, rolling waivers and fab bidding and Eric, do you want to get us started kind of explaining what reverse standings is for a league that has that further waiver wire system? Yeah. Um, as I understand it, reverse, uh, reverse standings is a format that resets every single week after the that week's matchups uh, lock and are finalized. Basically, the waiver order is the reverse order of the league's current standings. Exactly. So the the goal of that system is to create parity in the league that whoever has the worst record should get a chance at the best waiver pickup. So that is one way you could do it. And then I'll explain uh, rolling waivers. Um, So basically with that one, very similar to reverse, where that's how it starts is the very first week is based on reverse uh, of your draft order. And then after that, it goes by uh, when you make a, a waiver claim. So if I made a waiver claim, then I would move to the back of the line. And then the next person to make a waiver claim would move behind me, and it just keeps going. So in that league, there's a different strategy where maybe you don't want to waste your priority um, because you have an earlier pick. The guy's not worth it. Let me wait another week so I can have the number one pick or I'm close to the number one pick for someone that's worth it. Um, so that's another common uh, waiver wire system. Not my favorite, but it's out there, and, and we, we want to talk about all of them. But our favorite one for this show, uh, probably the most popular one that you'll hear a lot of analysts talk about, is the FAB um, system. So, Steve, can you explain what, what FAB is for WaverWire? I sure can, and it's called FAB because it is fabulous. It is the best way to do your waiver wires. Usually start with some sort of budget. It's usually about 100 bucks. Basically what this is, it's an auction system every week for waivers. It eliminates that randomness of, you know, the rolling order. It eliminates just being bad, rewarding you. If you're bad at fantasy football, you don't deserve to be rewarded and you'll probably blow it anyway. So why we're giving you the number one waiver priority is beyond me. Fab allows you to strategize who you want to get. Do you believe in that waiver wire pickup? Then you better throw the money at them. Right. And then on this show, we are fab positive. So we love the free agent bidding. And we will bring you a ton, a ton of opinions on how you should spend your money. Um, and that's how the fab works is you bid. It's a blind bid against everybody. And when waivers drop, whoever bid the most gets the guy. Exactly. So like we said, this podcast is, is pro fab. Um, 
Now, we're not league shaming uh, your league. I am. You can make it as fun as you want for however <laughs> you want to play it. But I would recommend if you guys have never tried Fab to at least bring it up to your commissioner or if you're the commissioner, give it a try. Um, I know it's really close to the start of the season, but have that conversation with your league or have the conversation now for next season um, because it might sound intimidating. You literally are just putting in a dollar amount of how much you want to bid for a player. You don't see everyone else and then waivers run and you find out who bid the most. And our show, as well as many other shows, we're going to talk to you about how much we recommend you spend on Fab. So we really try to give you that actionable advice of, hey, this guy is worth 10% of your budget this week, or you know what, put it all in um, for this guy because for this reason. So if you haven't tried Fab, give it a try. I promise you it's not as intimidating as it sounds. It's actually a lot of fun and just adds more strategy to your league, which to me is what makes fantasy football fun. So an example of this would be not that he'd ever be a free agent, but say Dalvin Cook blew out an ACL and Alexander Madison was on the waiver wire. We would be saying to you, put a hundred dollars down and just see if you get them because you're not going to get that kind of guy that often. Exactly. All right. So we're going to go through some, some different tips and strategies. So the first one I wanted to bring up and we can discuss this is use the waiver wire. I know that sounds so simple and so basic, um, but just by being active on the waiver wire and always trying to make your roster better, you're going to increase your likelihood of making the playoffs. And I know that sounds silly, but I've been in too many leagues where I see teams that just, they never change their team. They never make adjustments. The odds of you having a perfect draft, while that would be amazing, is very slim, or you're going to deal with injuries and bye weeks. So be active on the waiver wire. It's okay to be wrong and pick the wrong player up. You just drop them, pick up another guy the next week. Um, so Eric and Steve, we'll start with Eric. How do you feel about being active on the waiver wire? I I think it's an absolute necessity. Um, I I wouldn't say that I set out to be the most active manager in all of my leagues, but I damn near always end up being the most active manager, right? Um, I'm the guy that doesn't draft a kicker or a defense and will you know find ways to massage my roster to add them that very same Monday night after scores lock, I will drop that week's kicker in defense. So I have room to add a few more players on my bench, try to pull off a trade, see if somebody ends up on IR, whatever it might might be. Basically at any given point, I'm trying to have two to three spots on my roster that I'm just constantly churning, looking for that upside to eventually hit. Absolutely. And Steve, you, you seem like you're, you're active on the waiver wire. Am I right? Yeah, I, uh, I my friends lovingly um, and sometimes not so lovingly uh, joke about the fact that I am 24-7 in fantasy football. I am accessible at all hours of the night. I'm always on my phone, always checking the waiver wire, trades, all that stuff. I love the waiver wire. Last season, I made 65 acquisitions in my league. 65. Like, it was crazy because I don't even just stop at kickers and defenses. Sometimes I'll stream quarterbacks. Sometimes I'll stream running backs if I have to. It all depends on what's going on and how the matchups shake out. Oh, you know what? I didn't draft Jarvis Landry this year because, you know, what? he's like the fifth option in New Orleans. But Michael Thomas pulled a hamstring. Alvin Kamara beat up another guy. Oh, look at that. Jarvis Landry's worth something. Get to the waiver wire. Go get your guy. Absolutely. And a shameless plug for the show. Uh, if you feel uncomfortable with the waiver wire, please continue to watch us, listen to us as we go through the season. We're here to help you. We're... We don't have all the answers, but we're going to give you our analysis of who's available most likely in your leagues and what you should be spending to bid for them if you're doing fab bidding or if they're just worth a priority pick or not. 
Um, so listen to the content out there of, of who you should pick up because trust me, you didn't you didn't draft a perfect team. I'm sorry to say it, but the waiver wire can still help you and we can still get you to the playoffs. But we can't do that if you're not picking anybody up. All right. So the next uh, tip or strategy is paying attention to usage stats, uh, stats each week and anticipate trends. So you don't just want to scout the box score. So by usage stats, I'm talking about snaps, routes run, targets, red zone usage. All of that is telling you what a player is doing, even if they're not getting the ball, even if they're not uh, ready yet to make that leap. But if you're paying attention to them and you see, hey, they're on the field a lot, well, that just means they have more opportunity to get the ball in the future and maybe you should pick them up. So I don't expect everyone out there to be looking up all these stats and, and get that information. That's why you're coming to shows like this for us to share that. But if you do want to add that extra level to your fantasy football, that's really where you want to dig into it. Don't worry about receptions. Don't worry about yards, touchdowns. Those aren't sticky. Um, you really need to look at these opportunity stats to really find those potential trends coming in, those, those players that are on the waiver wire that you can actually pick up. So, Eric, when you're looking at the those potential waiver wire players, like I guess is there like a one stat that you really focus on that I mentioned? Or, or like I said, are you covering kind of all of them? Yeah, I, I try my best to cover as many as possible, right? I, I think the the best way to sort of roll them all up is with the word usage, right? Um, especially once we get, you know, a couple weeks into the season, we've got a little bit more of a representative sample size. Um, if you have a player out on your waiver wire who is getting solid usage, they're getting, uh, you know, a very high snap share or a very high opportunity share, but they're not scoring a ton of points, that is a player that you absolutely have to prioritize, right? The, what what the what the data is showing you is that they will regress to the mean if they're going to be u- utilized that frequently in that offense, then the touchdowns will come, right? So um, those are the things that I, I typically look at, right? The those usage stats, and then really just uh, contrasting them against the the actual point production. Anytime, or rather, the bigger the gap between those two, the higher the priority that that player typically is. Absolutely. And Steve, for the next one, I wanted to touch on, uh, it's okay to spend early. I have a feeling you like to spend your money early. Am I right? Uh, yeah, so I do. Um, cause usually it's early in the year that, so I take a couple approaches to this. Usually, yes, I will spend early because that's where the prime guys are. That's where you realize I've messed up. I missed this guy. Let me go get him now. Um, and it's better to be, uh, a little proactive than it is reactive, right? When it comes to adding players and getting, because if someone else adds them, then you got to go trade stuff for them. I almost broke RPG thing. So you never want to be chasing players, right? So if you kind of get on it early, you make that statement and usually you've gotten the guy that everyone's like salivating over. You've now grabbed like the best trade chip you're going to get in like waivers, because as the season goes on, everyone kind of finds their place in it. It sits, it settles. But those Jordan Howard type players from like five years ago, they sit in that early spot, right? They've emerged from camp. They emerged in week one, week two, and now they're worth a ton of money. You got to go get them early. Don't sit back. Be bold. Fortune favors the bold. Absolutely. And then the reverse of that, um, so we're not contradicting that because I 100% agree that you got to spend early. 
but you don't want to, I would say not spend hundred percent. So what, what do I mean when I say like, you want to play defense at the end when you're kind of in the playoffs and you want to save a little bit of fab at the end? How does that work, Eric? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's not a binary, right? It's, it's not, it's not, or it's, it's, and, um, I completely agree with Steve. I spend aggressively very early for all of the points that, um, that he brought up, but also from a, a point per dollar spent standpoint. So I get a guy in week one who's going to give me 10 points a week. I will have gotten more value on my dollar than if I get that same guy in week six, right? Um, but you also don't want to go broke. At the very end, you need to have a little bit of budget, mainly from a strategic standpoint, right? If you are in the playoffs and the person that you're facing off against, their only quarterback gets injured and there's a very clear streaming quarterback preference on the wire, you want to be able to get in and block that person. If you are the one that incurs an injury, you also don't want to be able to be blocked. Um, so, Zach, you, you you teed it up perfectly at the at the beginning of the show, or at least you you kind of teased it. A lot of the way that we talk about waiver wires is as a percentage of budget as opposed to flat dollars and cents. Um, so you definitely do want to have a little bit of a war chest saved up for when you get into the playoffs. Absolutely. And I, I typically aim for like 10%, but that's all relative. It really kind of depends on how your league is spending. Like if a ton of people in your league spent a lot quickly and you haven't spent all that yet, well, then you probably don't need as much at the end because nobody else is going to have that kind of money. But if everyone's been very passive on the waiver wire, then you might need to hold on to a little bit more to play that defense. But of course you have to make the playoffs first. So make sure you're spending the money to make the playoffs and not just holding all that money and hope you make the playoffs. And then I wanted to touch on real quick, um, $0 bids. Not every league allows that. So pay attention to your league settings. Um, Some leagues require a $1 minimum. I'm not a fan of that setting, but again, no league shaming, but it's something that you need to understand because if you play with kickers or defenses and you have to bid a minimum of a dollar, or if you like to stream tight ends or stream quarterbacks, you have to be cognizant of that, that every time you make a waiver wire move, you're bidding at least a dollar. Whereas in the leagues I prefer are $0 bids, go crazy. Pick up or drop as many players as you want if you feel the need to. Use $0 and you're not costing yourself any of your fab money but you're still getting that roster turn and maybe you take a couple of, of shots with players that no one else is really thinking about that you just have a hunch on or you just want to see, or it's just a defense and you don't want to waste any of that money. Use a $0 bid. Um, or if you just think no one's paying attention, slip a $0 bid in there, see what happens. Um, because again, you're saving your fab at that point. But it is important to note, does your league allow $0 bids? Because not all of them do. And that will change your strategy of how you're bidding, especially for those streamer positions. And then, um, Steve, can you kind of remind everyone why it's important to either be patient with rookies or you might as well not bother drafting them? Yeah, absolutely. So being patient with rookies, when you draft a rookie, there's a strategy you need to employ. And one of those is you have to be patient. Now, if your entire team is comprised of guys that are absolute question marks and dart throws already, don't bother drafting rookies because you can't be patient because your team's probably going to suck. So when you're sitting on a rookie, we have the stats right here. You have to be patient because Justin Jefferson had three targets in weeks one and two, which automatically sent whoever owned him into some sort of weird panic, right? And there was probably leagues where he just got dropped. They're like, he's not going to be a factor. He's not going to blah, 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 blah. So 
he wound up getting dropped, and then he went for seven catches on nine targets for 175 yards and a touchdown in his rookie season. Another guy, shameless plug here, that really blew up in his rookie season that no one had because they weren't patient with him was Antonio Gibson, the running back for the Washington Commanders. All of a sudden, that that Cowboys game happens on Thanksgiving Day, and everyone wants Antonio Gibson, but if you panicked on him and you dropped him, you were SOL on that one, and you don't get Antonio Gibson, and you deserve it. Yeah, so Eric, if you weren't sure, Steve is a huge uh, Antonio Gibson stand, so uh, a lot of passion for Gibson here. But yeah, absolutely. So it happens every year uh, with rookies. Typically, they don't start off super hot, or at least it's not sustainable. They usually build into it. Um, so you just have to understand that as you're drafting them, that if they're sitting on your bench, don't be concerned if it doesn't go great the first couple of weeks. Um, now, if it looks really, really bad, like they're way down on the death charts and yeah maybe maybe they just it wasn't their time but you have to be aware that they could end up exceeding expectations um so it's just something you need to think about just don't drop them right away because like steve said so many people dropped justin jefferson after week two um because we had all those training camp reports if he was the third or fourth wide receiver you saw him get only a handful of targets the first couple weeks and then he had uh, a record-breaking rookie season um starting in week three when a treat when a team trades or uses a first round pick on a rookie, have faith that they're going to wind up using that guy. When Stephon Diggs got traded and Justin Jefferson got brought in, you can't panic on that. It's going to take Justin Jefferson a second for guys like that to get going. So guys like that this year, you got to watch out for Olave, London, all those guys that are going to take a second to get ready. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with with Steve. Right, like don't don't put a whole lot of stock into what uh, these coaches or these front offices are saying, believe what they do. Right. So if they're spending valuable draft capital to acquire a player, that player is going to have a longer leash. And in turn, you should have a longer leash. I think the sort of summation of what uh, both of you just said, uh, but maybe, you know, with a title on it is as you're drafting these players or as you are uh, drooling over your newly minted best team you've ever drafted, think to yourself what is the range of outcomes for these players right like have an internal conversation about for this player for player x if they're doing a b and c by this time frame i'm comfortable holding if i see x i want to move on right um and just have like kind of that baseline heading into the season so that way when you're actually looking at the results you can kind of go back to that and say oh yes they're underperforming but they're right on track with where i thought they would be or these are the things I said I would look for, and they're tracking along with that, so I'm going to hold. Um, I mean, basically, anyone who's not in my starting lineup, and even some of those players as well, I'm always having a conversation in my head about how much leash they have. So, um, you know, anytime that I'm getting confirmation or anything uh, to the to the contrary, I'm I'm ready to move on it um, in in managing my roster for the season. And you want to watch out for coach coach speak, right? So we just got a perfect example of it. Lovey Smith won't name Damian Pierce the starter. Don't panic. Like, don't listen to what coaches say. They're all tapped in the NFL. They all think that's like some sort of weird, like, psychological advantage. Like, ooh, who's going to start at running back? It's not going to be Rex Burkhead, okay? It's not. Like, they're not going to roll out that, like, tiny little running back when they have Damian Pierce out there averaging nine yards a carry this preseason. All right, they don't want that 3.2 yard to carry kind of guy. 
Absolutely. And then no offense to almost, Burkhead, but put the reverse <laughs> of what we're saying without contradicting ourselves is if you spent early on a guy or you spent a lot on a guy, don't also feel like you have to hold on to them the entire season because you spent on it. Just because you made one bad choice, don't compound that error by continuing to make the same bad choice. So from a personal experience, last year, I bid up for Rondell Moore. Very excited to get him. He started off well in his first few weeks. And then he literally did nothing for me the rest of the season. And I probably held on to him until at least week 10 because I was like, oh, no, this is the week. This is the week. And I wasn't paying it. I wasn't letting myself listen to the stats that were showing how his his a dot was a record low. Like it was almost negative yards, um, which is insane. And I just held on like I could have used that roster spot for someone else because I was like, oh, I committed a third of my my fab. So I just want to throw it away when the right place should have just been. Uh, you know what? I made a bad bid. I should have just thrown it away and, and kept roster churning. So does that make sense for you guys as well? Like, don't hold absolutely. on to it just because you made a bad mis- a bad bid. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to sit there and just like, I don't know, you ever buy like a piece of furniture for your house and it's just like ugly as hell. Like when you get it home and you're like, doesn't match anything. Like you're not just going to stick it in your house and be like, oh, well, it just won't match. Like you got to get rid of it. Like after a while, there's some things that like, they just don't work. You, you bought it, you tried it, it didn't work. So just move on because you're getting a net negative out of it anyway. So you're either going to bottom out your roster and rust and like clog it up, or you're going to move on and, you know, take your lumps from everyone in the group chat. And then, you know, <laughs> then you'll be fine. Rondell Moore is a perfect example. Julio Jones, another good example last year, although he was kind of a draft pick, but still a lot of people hold on to him. Yeah. And then Eric, I just kind of want to open up. Did you have any other tips or strategies or something that we haven't touched on yet that you just want to, to make sure we covered? No, I, th- I think that really, really covers the basis, right? The the thing that I'll, I'll underscore um, is, is trying to have that, that level setting conversation with yourself. Once you have that player on your roster, right? Preferably write it down. Um, that's going to help you so, so much when you're in the heat of the moment and someone has just let you down and you're thinking about cutting bait or you're not sure for how much longer you should hold out. So, um, look, this this game that we play, it's a ton of fun, and a lot of that is because it's an emotional game, and that emotion will cloud our judgment, right? So um, the more kind of thoughtful you can be about your roster, about your expectation for your players up front, and the more committed to those thoughts you can be, the better your your team will be in the long run. Fantastic, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and sharing a lot of great tips and strategies for the waiver wire. Like I said, I know a lot of people can be intimidated by it, but trust me, it's okay. And if you are intimidated, please watch our show. Listen to us every week. We're here to help you. That's our goal. Eric, thank you so much for for inviting us to the Pros with Joe's tournament. We're very excited. Like I said, we will tag all of those uh, links in the show doc. So um, whether you're listening or watching, it'll be on YouTube. It'll be um, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to as well as check out our twitters we'll be posting about it a lot as we are trying to wrap up those last minute donations to help you co-manage with one of us and just raise money for our charities so thanks again eric um and like i said we are triple play fantasy this is the tripwire podcast and we are also part of the fantasy points media group so i appreciate you guys coming on we are already getting ready to talk week one waivers next week 
Thank so, God. Again, make sure you subscribe, follow, like, all that great stuff so you don't miss out as we get into another exciting fantasy football season. Have a great one, guys. Take care.